Hello and welcome to Form the Rook Arena podcast all about life following Watford Football Club and you know, basically our take on life as a Watford fan. My name is John and I stand outside Vicarage Road, outside the Hornet shop as we always do in these home games after Watford have drawn, which feels like we always do that as well. Uh, Watford 1, uh, Blackburn 1. I'm joined by Michael. Uh, very good day to you, John. And Jason. Hello there. Uh, Mike, there was a, a man in front of me as I came down the stairs, yeah. coming out the, the rookery end, uh, and he just made a, 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 a noise or just a, a phrase. He went, oh, well. And, and it really sums up, I think, today's game. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the, the matches here, the games here, haven't necessarily delivered the result we'd want, certainly, as Watford supporters, and they haven't necessarily delivered the all-round performance that we'd want as Watford supporters. But what we have seen has been a a range of sort of quite absorbing games and that was another one again today I think if you were, if you brought a mate along they'd have probably thought yeah that was that was quite good fun uh, Watford grew into it in the second half to cut a couple of chances in the, in the second half a bit of blood and thunder as championship games go Watford are probably partaking in what is very much the average championship game pretty entertaining Watford not really good enough to to, to put teams away and, and not bad enough to get to get beaten so oh well yeah, it's about right. <laughs> Jason, you know, it was a, it's a performance where you know, Richard, we, we sit near, he sort of said at half-time, and I, I think I asked him the same at the end of the game. He said, can you put, what, what, what would you do differently? What was, what was wrong? Nothing felt, and it's weird, nothing felt wrong, just not good enough. Yeah, at times the execution didn't quite match what you would have expected to have happened. I, again, sort of talking about the game, we've talked about these games <clears throat> earlier in the season where you sort of say, well, on another day, we yeah. win that, but we've just been saying that too many times. Yeah. But, yeah, that I mean, first half, we started reasonably brightly. We, yeah. we, we certainly bossed the possession. We had chances, didn't we? I think Arouge had a header that you think you'd rather be scored. I think Saar had a chance. Pedro had a chance, uh, had a chance where, yeah, I, I, I thought he might have gone across the keeper. He's yeah. gone near post and, and just missed. And, and you just think, well, yeah, it's, it could end up being one of those days. And then... That sort of continued into the second half, and sort of the uh, the ultimate execution error was Kone's back post <laughs> pass across the front of the goal when when the, when the goal was gaping, and you just think at that point you think that it's just not going to happen for us. Thankfully, something did. <laughs> something did enough sort of to I, not leave here with two heavy hearts. I think the the issue for me is certainly in that first half. I thought Watford did grow into it in the in the second half, and we'll go on to talk about the shape of the game, the players that came on, and Watford looked. A far better unit when the, the the big hitters, if you like, when Ken came on, when Tom Cleverley came on. By the way, I love the fact you started with Ken. The big hitters, and you start with Ken. You're absolutely right, Michael. Yeah, King Ken, mate. King <laughs> Ken. He's, he's been done first on the team sheet for me. But and they, Watford did look more cohesive, yeah. more like a team with a plan and an idea when when those guys were, were on. I thought in that first half, after Jason's absolutely right, I thought we started really well, actually. I thought, OK, this is going to be a good game. And then I remembered, well, yeah, we do this quite a lot. And uh, as it transpired, the, that, that, that petered out. But it, we just lacked like a focal point. We lacked direction. We, it was, we lacked focus, I think. It was, there was lots of players who were evidently good players, but they're not meshing together they're not gelling together as a unit what are the questions they're asking Blackburn and how are they doing it how are they set up to to do it I think we need to be more focused as a team from from minute one 
And to be perfectly frank, I think we need to sharpen our elbows a little bit in this in this division. We're probably too nice. You're seeing people like this. Is no criticism of, of Blackburn. This is exactly how you play the game. Ben Brereton Diaz put himself in front of the defender and this was when he was defending won a free kick tried to win a free kick went down as if he was trying to win a penalty and then was it and the ref about why where's my where's my free kick where's ref where's my free kick it, there was no free kick because it wasn't a foul but a case in point is they're in there they're disrupting there and the teams are going to do that week in week oh, out and Watford don't do it they you, can't deal with it. it the the that sort of playing that we we see regularly um not that housery that, that we have you talk about we need a bit more of that, but would that not just contradict way the mentality Watford want to have? Can you can you do both, or is it just what could, we need one player to do that stuff? Well, I know what you mean because you want to play the you don't want to have to resort to that. You want to rise to it, definitely. Well, so there's two elements of it. Do you rise to it? Absolutely not. That's what we've got to get get better at. And I don't, and I don't think Watford showed any signs of losing their temper or anything like like Mar- that. Mara. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Kel surprise. Um, <laughs> so I, I, they did a reasonable job of that. But sometimes you've just got to roll your sleeves up and get on with what the game is. And 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 they do it. Other teams do it. So we need to do it as well. We just need to be a bit a bit smarter in that in that regard we need to be just a bit more aggressive and just recognize the town we've ended up in and and deal with it accordingly yeah again i've, I've sort of banged on here a bit about captains recently i mean yeah. different captain against angel pedro and you can't take that away from him can you but we were talking about it at the start mm. of the game john weren't we so who else would you have it's almost like he's been selected by default you you mentioned backman potentially the only other possibility but we both agreed that having a captain in goal doesn't work I mentioned perhaps Chowdhury, but in reality, yeah, don't know. But Portis um, could easily be, with his, with his lovely attitude he's got, Portis could easily be a player who is in the ear of the ref, mm. is pointing things out. He is he's doing the, the hustle and bustle, and he's giving a little bit back there, Michael. He's, yeah. Yeah. He, he had the sharpest elbows out of everybody on that you know, Watford team. And so, my favourite bit of it actually with him was a quick free kick, and he went to, and the play, Blackburn players got in the way, and he just kicked it. And the bloke, he said, the referee did, had a word with them both. And as he went over, he went to shake his hands. He went, nah. Yeah, I'm not having that. that. I'm not, sorry, Jason. That's because they say, yeah, so why wasn't he doing that more? You've given an example there of where he did, where he was being, uh, yeah, trying to play the game a bit. So saying to the referee, yeah, look, come on, sort it out. He, he should be going back 10 yards, deal with it. We just needed a bit more of that on the pitch, didn't we? And uh, ironically, we had a bit more of it off the pitch when Cleverly was was a <laughs> yeah. substitute. Yeah. He was trying to make sure that the, the guy was trying to take the throne from the wrong place. So cleverly was remonstrating with the ref and the player to make sure that he took it from the right place. Yeah. But in doing so, was also stopping him from doing it. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. He was pointing to where the where the throw should be taken, so the guy couldn't take the throw in. And it's just little. It's game awareness is what it is. It's about disrupting rhythm. It's about showing them we know what we're about. We know you're in our you're in our house here at Vicarage Road. You, you play by our rules. You're not going to come here and and do things and, and just just chuck us around. And it happens far too often. It's not the reason that Watford are struggling, I don't think, but it is it's indicative of, it's a part of it. And, and it's so obvious when someone like Tom Cleverley does it, it's like, well, there you go. And he got absolutely snapped in half late on. And he had a guy got a booking in the end, but he's straight up. He was straight up and on with the game. There was a couple of minutes left potentially for Watford to grab a winner. He got absolutely crunched and having come back from a really, really difficult and horrible injury, you know, that shows the mentality. And have we got 
11 players who, when they get snapped in half like that, they get up and are looking for the win. That's, that's the question that I, I've, I've got. OK, well, let's talk about the team and what we saw from them. Let's start defence, Jason. Mm, start at the back. Please. I don't know why I always want to start at the back. Um, Barkley in goal. Uh, we had on the left, Mr Kamara. On the right, we had uh, Gaspar in the centre. Two new boys. First time they ever played with each mm. other, which, was, of course, gives you questions of Hood and Porteous. But they did everything right, apart from a, a switch-off moment, an unlucky moment where Blackburn scored. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were... Great, maybe pushing it a bit too far, but for for a pairing that hadn't played together, I thought they coped extremely well. We know Brereton Diaz is capable of a lot. Bradley Dagg obviously got the goal. Uh, I think it's Dolan as well, who, who wasn't popular with the the crowd, but he looked sort of had the potential to to run at run at us and uh, and cause some trouble, and didn't do that as much perhaps as he would have liked. Both I thought were strong in the air. They were capable of reading the game well. Sort of got in front of their, the men they were marking quite a lot took the ball away, able to bring the ball forward, able to carry the ball, able to pass the ball. We saw uh, Hoot's left foot in action a couple of times and it felt like they, they didn't put a foot wrong apart from <laughs> when, I don't know who it was, he went down screaming in the Blackburn, yeah. Blackburn side and we were all sort of laughing at, at this guy, or laughing or booing, depending on which you, you chose. And you thought, OK, the, the, we can let this one roll out for a, a goal kick. But Portis has decided to... Um, sort of play a hurry clearance straight back to them balls come into the box Hood then I think it was who, who sort of got got sold by the dummy I don't know if Backman could have done more from the first shot to try and push it away he's ended up pushing it right in front of the goal and, and Dak's got yeah the wherewithal to calm pick the spot and yeah put it in the corner and it just for that split second and it shows doesn't it these fine lines that's all it takes that, that slight moment that situation well, they made the wrong decision and, it, and it's cost us, which is, is a shame because I thought as home debuts, as a, as a debut central pairing go, I thought they did really well. Yeah, Hood was, was really playing some nice balls through, trying to bring uh, Saar. Um, really hard passes, I sort of felt, like trying to play <laughs> these through to Saar into Kamara going up that left-hand side. And, and Portius just has that lovely sort of thing where he can play the ball to give himself space, to take the sting out of a situation. Very similar to Craig Cathcart in, well, in many ways. He absolutely wants to get his noggin on everything. <laughs> if, if, if there is a ball in his... Uh, gravity or his stratosphere, whatever you want to call it, he is bloody going to go it. He's going to clean. He'll clean out his own player if he if needs to needs be as well. And I'm totally down with that. I mean, we've had far too much over the years of Watford players, centre backs, pussyfooting around a little bit, making life far too difficult for themselves. Get it bloody cleared, and that's what he does. He doesn't mind if you take take a player with him, and that's a little bit about what we're talking about. Let you know, sharp elbows, not 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 literally of course but letting them know you're there just head the ball win the ball and if you need to take your man do that as well and I thought I thought uh, Portis was, was fantastic in the in the first half obviously you know Jason's pointed out the goal was wholly un, uh, was wholly avoidable which is really really frustrating when you're not playing well as a you're not gelling attack, as an attacking unit to then go and throw away a goal like that is just like ah. I mean you could kind of sense it coming because uh, we'd run out of steam a little bit but uh, it's frustrating, but I thought Portis had a great, great first half. That that um, uh, moment excluded, and I thought Hurt probably came to the fore a little bit more in the in the second half, which I guess is what is what you want as a centre back pairing. There, there is one more thing on Hurt that shows he is a proper bona fide centre back. Did mm-hmm. that centre back thing where the ball got played to him, he miscontrolled it slightly. There was a bit of panic. Blackburn got the ball. Oh, big, uh, are we going to get away with it? Ball goes back to Backman. We seem to have got a bit of time, and he sort of turned around. Being the uh, sort of instigator of the panic, he yeah. just sort of turned around, 
Calm down, everyone. Calm down. <laughs> yes, you are a proper centre back. <laughs> it's the other two parts of the pitch, Mike, the midfield and the the attack, where changes were made, and you know you've already talked about it. The fact that near the end we just felt a little bit more together. I put that down to the midfield, particularly with Loser and Cleverly coming on. But you can't necessarily be massively critical of what was there beforehand with Kone and Chowdhury. Or can you? Can you? I don't I don't know. I think critical would be would be would be overegging it. I mean we all know what Chowdhury does by now. He he beetles around and he breaks play up and he does his long barrier and he he does what he does. He doesn't like taking the ball forward, he can't really pick a forward pass. That's absolutely fine. Not every midfielder needs to do that. You need to do someone who can do the, the break up work. We had Ismail Kone who looked absolutely imperious in his first sort of couple of games for us. Looks, you know, a little bit more like the pace has caught up with him a little bit and he's he's finding his feet a little bit and, and again you ask if we can be critical. I don't think so. We we mentioned when he came in how young his football career is. So we, we've and we've talked about the challenges facing this Watford side in the in the championship. And then that's not critical of the opposition, it's just the reality of what it is. It is a bloody tough division. So he's going to find his feet. He's probably playing a lot sooner than we anticipated. Um, and I think he's just finding it a little, like, a little bit tough. But he's so also far. making things happen. I mean, he is playing balls to... Doesn't hide. Yeah, and I, I, that's why, I suppose, the thing, I think, the, 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 again, what was he missing? It was playing more football at this level, really. That's yeah. all I can put yeah. it down to. He, does, he doesn't hide. He's still, he's still confident. I just like the way he, the way he holds himself is... It's tremendous. If you look at body language, he, you know, he is tall, he's upright, he's brave and bold. I, I just think he's not quite as imperious and sort of elegant if you, uh, if you, uh, as he was in his, in his first showings. But that's, that's completely natural. Jason, the, the change, though, the changes that were in that midfield of, of loser, who, by the way, those subs, I've never, in my time of the pitch announcer, Tim reading out the, the teams... Before the game, with the cheers that the, the, the bench were getting, yeah. and the cheers they got when they came on, loser particularly up there with an Alman Abdi coming back from injury many yeah. years ago. Um, but what was it for you, Jason, that they add or they added to this game? Maybe I sort of two couple of opinions on the, on the subs that were made. So I did feel with the, the sort of the first change with with cleverly, or yeah, sort of the first midfield change with cleverly coming on, replacing Chowdhury. Just it gave us more. He gave us that added dimension. You, you, and Mike summed it up quite well with, with Chowdhury. You, you know, yep, he's going to break it up. Some of his passes are okay. Some go astray. Cleverly, we had a bit more than that. We got we got the fight. He's obviously desperate to get back on the pitch. We saw that. We saw, yeah, that just calm, experienced head in midfield, able to, to, to play a more complete midfield game. Of course, later on, Pedro playing the number 10 role. Offering a bit of cover in midfield, he was having to come deep to get the ball a lot, of, a lot of times to give us something else in that midfield. Went down with cramp about ten minutes to go. I think it was a sensible decision to mm. to bring him off um, first, sort of, or, or would have been his first full ninety back. Had he, had he come, uh, had sort of lasted the first, the whole game. Britta Sommelonga comes on. Not sure how much football he's had well firstly it sort of changes how much, the shape how it? much did it look like he played Jason not much not much because then you're changing it you're sort of almost what 4-4-2 four, four, then aren't you you got two, the two big guys up front it then sort of worried me that we'd, we'd struggle in midfield just having two in midfield and that Blackburn would be able to sort of pass around us in the middle they were finding space so they, they didn't cause us massive trouble what no. it seemed to do is we lost momentum we 
we obviously we, we were piling on the pressure, and this happens a lot with Watford as well. Perhaps it does with other teams. So I don't know, but we had the pressure. We got the goal. We kept momentum. We had the chance. Two minutes after, where Saab should have scored. Changes are made. All that momentum seemed to go, and we from that point on, it, it looked yeah, it looked like it was going to be a draw to me. I, I, I didn't think we. There was one chance where we broke down the right. Saab put a weak cross into the keeper which again was happening too much even yeah. the first half as well where we were getting wide too many crosses yeah. too close to the goal he made it too easy for him but yeah a summer longer just yeah looked like a guy who hasn't played much football he'd have done well coming in when uh, when we had that first game back against Hull when none of them looked like they'd played any football for him. but he's just his, his touch was, was a bit poor he got bullied off the, the, the ball in the middle of the park which, which a, yeah. a, a, a guy of sort of his strength Shouldn't be, shouldn't be happening, and, and and I think it is just down to lack of football. So you hope to see him sort of come on more in further, in future games. More noticeable when he comes on for a player like João Pedro yeah. as well, who yeah. is by some margin the, the best player on the pitch today. He, he looked... just stands and moves, and is almost a graceful swan who makes zero mistakes. Yeah, but perhaps I think perhaps he's guilty of maybe coming a little bit too deep for the for the ball and sort of. But I don't. I, he's that. Yeah, him, yeah, yeah. The ball's not getting to him. Otherwise, I mean, we we haven't sort. Of Talked about Arouge much really. And no, like, yeah. first half, he was making some good runs. He was almost sort of reminding me of, of Vidra when the games that he struggled in, where he would make good runs and no one would see them. And and yeah, Arouge was sort of doing the same today. Didn't really fit with the style of play, and you can understand completely why Davis came on for him. Davis was involved in the game so much more because Davis plays a different game. Davis is dropping deeper, come and get the ball ball will stick to him he can then sort of turn get away take a few defenders with him suited our style of play today so much more than, than, did, it, did, it than suit Jal, did it suit Jao Pedro better with Davis probably because then Jao Pedro can can get further up the pitch and and sort of play more across the, the pitch as well which he, I think he did he, he tried to first half and was doing that when we when he could get forward and did find space further forward but yeah you, you feel that that suits him more he was involved in the game throughout, but like you say, having to come deeper to get the ball when Arouge is on versus when Davis is on, and Davis is, about, is able to get the ball, hold on to the ball, and then we can run on. The trouble is, you sort of, again, we, got, we need to give credit to Blackburn, who've been in a poor run of form, coming here and getting a point. You could see what their style of play was going to be. They tried the high press. If the high press didn't work, they're all pegging it back to make a low block. We're taking too long to, to get the ball forward. Play, and, and okay, yeah, we've got centre backs now that can play football. We're doing that quite a lot, sort of across the pitch, taking too long to get the ball forward. By the time we do, they've got six men in the box, four in front of them. We've got when we do eventually get it forward, we've got two in the box, mm. and the balls are going into the keeper. It feels, it feels. And we haven't touched on the on the final third of the of the pitch yet, John. But it does feel, and what Jason's saying there, it just basically feels a little bit ill-disciplined in terms of. And so the, the questions are around Slavon Bilic and how he's setting the team up and what are the instructions for these players? Because we've talked about loads of really good footballers mm-hmm. who can re- be real game changers. And we've sort of given João Pedro a pass for having to come deep to get the ball to make something happen. Why, why is that? Because what basically what it does, in effect, it nullifies the, his, his, his role to, to a degree. He's got to then drive on and he's, got to create, he's either got to shoot himself or play someone else in and the, and, and the shape isn't really there. It's not. So are we being set up 
correctly are we being set up to be able to deal with a team like Blackburn who are going to play like that when we've got these sort of players at our, uh, our disposal I think I think the, it just feels so haphazard and it often feels like some players are having to do what they think they have to do to get themselves into the game which I totally understand for the reasons Jason's just mentioned and you know Arouge got, got hooked up at half time and will probably feel hard done by but it had to happen so, but why aren't we playing so we can get them into the game more I don't, is, 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 would be my question well the question you sort of have when a player gets hooked at half time you wonder well was that the best way to start the game playing championship games we keep talking about and championship sides like you know like Blackburn your mind would have said, ah, oh, well, it's going to be a tough game, so if it's a tough game, then we start with Mr Davis. However, him coming back from injury, Arouge still being new to this league, still getting his, his speed up, you can sort of see why it was, it was always going to be maybe a half each, because we don't have this starting eleven. Yeah. Neither one of them has sort of said, right, it's you. However, today, you would say that actually... Davis has put himself ahead of Arouge in terms of being picked. Well, I'd, I'd start with Arouge again on Tuesday night because you'd imagine Burnley will go at us yeah. and there might be more opportunities. But we still need to get the ball mm. forward quicker to him. But he might get opportunities of making those runs, getting in behind. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Mm. Yeah, and I think I think when Davis came on, I think you could see the difference in the that you get you just get that focal point, which it's a bit more. This is a very reductive. It's a bit more of a basic approach get the ball into him he will get rid of the two defenders that are hanging off him and he'll drive on yeah. and that and the ball sticks and it's in the final third for a period of time and that allows whether it's the, the wingers getting forward whether it's Saar and Latterly Semmer getting, getting forward or bringing some of the others into play you know what you're going to get there get it to him it's going to stick nine times out of ten he's an absolute beast um, and I thought we looked much more likely when we came on but it sort of goes back to my point should we be better than that? Should we be able to get players like Aruz into it? Martins is another one who's so we've moved by default to the, yeah. to the front to the attacking players now. I think Martins is, is finding it is tricky as well, but he's another one who doesn't really take a backward step. He he wants the ball. He wants to take a player on, which is which is great. We've sometimes been critical of um, Ismail Assar, for example, for not looking like he wants to beat a man, and so you can't then criticise Mateus Martins for taking on a man and, and losing it. So. It's all, it's all just a sort of, I don't know, it's a slightly off potpourri. It's all mixed together. <laughs> yeah. It looks nice, but it yeah. doesn't quite, you just quite don't get that quite aroma that, that, that you want from it. It's not all, um, that is definitely the worst analogy I've ever, ever <laughs> said. Uh, in, in, on, on Do you remember that podcast and Mike <laughs> talked about uh, potpourri? But I think you're right. We're now going to a position where we're going to have a midfield with players coming back where all of a sudden we're not quite sure what is the best combination. You have to play. We've got a lot of games coming up, so that's quite good. And we're going to have to change things around a bit to hopefully find an 11 ready for a strong run into the, into the playoffs. But also, we haven't talked about Mr. Ismail Assar. Yeah. We talk about the frustration. We regularly talk about the frustration we get. Did he have a good game? Did he not have a good game? A good game is normally when he scores. A bad game is when he doesn't. But actually, often... We are still, as you did all the time with Mr. Bio, you know, the fact that you have a certain, or fans have a certain way of looking at him with huge expectations. The bloke in the front, just in front of us, at one point, he's doing this, he's trying his best, he's doing that, he did that header over, he's making things happen, and he goes, 40 million, he's not worth 40 million. You know, and that's, and that is sort of the, the filter that we have for him, isn't yeah, it? It is. And that's difficult because he was brilliant today, I thought, you know, he left. 
players for dust on, on a number of occasions, showed exactly what he can do. I think he, he's looking more determined and focused. I mentioned him away at Reading last week doing defensive work, popping up back there again today to, to do a shift. You know, in one stage, the second half, he, he three fairly industrial, oh agricultural God. challenges he had yeah. to, oh, yeah. to skip past. Either, and he did skip past him, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. All three would have been yellow cards. Mm. Um, and he had the right to go down with, with every single one and may well have done in previous mm. um, iterations of Ismail Asar, if you like, but didn't this afternoon. And it feels like he has got the bit between his teeth, which again goes back to saying... We've got this guy who's re- obviously really up for it. He's focused. He knows he's going to be here until the end of the season now. He knows he's playing for that move, whether it's, you know, it, the, the difference is going to be between Crystal Palace or, some, or an Everton or Villa or someone further up the, up the tree. That's what he's playing for. The carrot is there and we need to be playing to those strengths. So we've got all these players. How do we get them to be... At the moment, we are still less than the sum of our parts, I'm afraid. I think um, there were still... In the interest of balance, still a, a sort of some weak points from him. Some of his crossing, some of his delivery could have been could have been better. I thought, but it was tougher. And from the off, I think for the first time he got the ball, he had three men on him. Yeah, three men. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the team still fear him in this league. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's one. Yeah, make use of him as much as we can. But two, we we also need to make use of those opportunities. If teams are concentrating on Saar, then let's get the other good players in yeah. the game. The ones, the, the Rouges that are making the runs. Martins, who wants to be in the ball. Get them in the game better. Because having a player that is to all intents and purposes a name in the championship, like Ishmael Saar, yeah, club team's going to focus on him. Let's use the others as well. I don't know what you last thought, but I thought he looked, he sort of almost grew a little bit in confidence when Ken came on. Yeah, and they can they do that thing where they interchange, they can switch flanks, mm. and you know whether whether Ken Semmer sort of lulls the opposition into a false sense of security because he doesn't look like a flying <laughs> winger, but he'll get past you, mate. Yeah. It doesn't matter how he's going, he will go past you. So I don't know about you guys, but it felt like that was a decent sub, and it was great to see him come back on. And I think he is one who. It's Mayla Sar enjoys playing with for me. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. you think. Yeah, I think Mike. Well, I think any person you could who would you know make him even more comfortable as Kiko came back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that really makes Sar feel yeah. comfortable with. You know, like I said, with those players around, him. and like I said, it allows him to switch, which I don't think Martins allows him to switch, if at all, really. Yeah. Uh, we need to mention Imran Loser coming on. Well, say biggest cheer I think I've seen for a sub for a long, long time. Added a bit more energy and thought for like you said, the, the, you know, the criticism of Kone was is knowing what he's doing. And he, he added it straight away, I think. Just didn't get enough of it. Guile. 12 minutes. Guile, that's what it is with him. I think at one stage the ball got fired into him on the sort of about, uh, probably about sort of waist height, picked his leg up, killed it stone dead, yeah. looked for the pass. And that's, that's what you get with him. It's just someone who is completely comfortable on the ball, wants the ball and wants to progress it forward, wants to pick a pass, wants to beat a man, uh, wants to thread it. And you can see he looked, you know, he didn't look like he was... He was timid. He almost cost us the game and right <laughs> towards the end of the um, yep. towards the end of the um, match when he was sort of filling. He found himself in centre back position, trying to beat a man, and, and almost lost it. And we could have we could have lost two one. But tremendous to see him back. He no, no one coming back looked like they were tentative. It cleverly got absolutely uh, beaten up. João Pedro is going to get beaten up because he does what he does. That, that's fine. And I thought Imran looked uh, Imran loser looked. Good as well. Jason, are you going to pick him if you were the manager of Watford on Tuesday night? Let's, let's, let's forget about 
or is he match fit? Has he got enough minutes? What, who, think, who are you picking for that 11? Are you changing that back four? Do you know what? I'd be tempted to keep it as it started today. I, I've already All mentioned right. the Rouge uh, getting him for it. I think we'll be defending a lot more, so I think I'd keep Chowdhury in there because his defensive work will be required more than and, and there'll be less of the uh, need for him to bring the ball out, only the centre-backs to bring the ball out, so I think we'll be, we'll be having to play a lot more deeper on Tuesday. And I think I'd keep Kone in just for his direct running because if, if he can get on the ball deep might have a bit more space to to run into do do a bit more running and we know he is capable of a decent pass there was a great pass second half before he, he went off today that sort of I, I thought was going to be too close to the centre back but he got it bang on I think it was Sarah running onto it at that point going back to the game against Blackpool the, the ball that he played again for the for the penalty was absolutely bang on the money and if you can get those right if, if, if Arouge can make those runs and you can get Kone giving him the ball that I see as our as our out as our opportunity. So I think I'd, I'd keep it as it as it started today. Ooh. I, I think I think Mike's going to change everything, aren't you? Mike? No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not because I think it actually might. Effectively, what you've got are a lot of players who want to play like they're in the Premier League. They mm. want space. They want time. Um, and I think we'll get that. We will be under a lot of pressure against Burnley. But what they won't be doing is looking to stifle us because they'll be looking to take the game to us. There'll be absolutely no question about that. I think, what have they won? Ten in, ten in a row or something like that? Absolutely flying. They are champions-elect. They are, they are going up as, as almost certainly as champions. Vincent Company's got them purring. Noisy home crowd on a Tuesday night. Uh, no Burnley fans got a girlfriend, so they'll all be there on, on, on Valentine's night. Uh, I'm not only but joking. Colin's going to be there. Yeah, he's just a man with a long marriage, and they don't really do Valentine's Day. <laughs> so they'll they will absolutely take it to us, and we'll be expecting to sort us out. And we can lay a trap for that. We can we can f- exploit that the space that they will give us. Um, but we've got to keep them out as well. So it's going to be a, a real big night for um, for Hurt. We, we've spoken about Wesley Hurt today in quite glowing terms. I think he played well for, for Watford in a, in a championship fixture. We know he just comes with a bit of baggage. Southampton fans, although they're probably not the best judge than people to us, they're just in a vile mood at the moment because of our, our old mate, little Nath up there, who's having a, having a tough time of it. Bless him. <laughs> um, so they're probably a bit miserable anyway but they were saying he's not very good the Andalek fans saying he's not great but obviously he has got pedigree he's looked okay tonight it will be interesting to see how he does on Tuesday night against a, 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 a free-flowing Burnley I think Ryan Portis in there again let them know that they're not going to have it all their own way like yeah. he did today Let's, we did it away at Reading I don't think he's going to be bothered about it being a Tuesday night in Burnley you know he's played away at, at, at Rangers and Celtic and places he's played like, in colder places than Burnley out there in, uh, yeah, in Burnleyan exactly so Interesting to see how we do against demonstrably the best team in the in the division. It might allow us to look more like a decent side ourselves. That might be wistful thinking because we might get blown away because Hassan Kamara at left back is still a problem for me. He's I like Hassan Kamara. I think he's he's good fun. He's no good for anyone with a with a heart condition. <laughs> he finds himself out of position all the time. He is an emotional player, mm. uh, so he can get out of control. He gets bent out of shape. Does he make the right decisions all the time? And we're going to have to be tighter than a duck's backside on Tuesday night if we're going to get anything. We can't if we lose an early goal up there. It could the floodgates could easily open. So we need him to be really, really, really switched on. We're kind of at the situation now where we're obviously not going up in the top two and there'll be a good chunk of, of Watford supporters now as the weeks tick past who see promotion 
or a decent tilt as a playoffs as as a real outside bet, really, and that's for me. That outside bet, yeah. With I think, the rest, when you look at the, the path, those no, you look at the rest of the league. The, Trump, the rest yeah. of the league is is not there. It is. I mean, up from today, I really wanted this to be this one in the West Brom game felt more important to me than the Burnley and the Sheffield United yeah, game. Yeah, because they are the teams in and around us. Today didn't really show me that we were guaranteeing or or not even comfortable getting in those playoff places, but. It was better than before, wasn't it? I mean, our, our form needs to be better. We can't if we keep, I mean, yeah, if we keep playing nice football like we did today and, and playing these games where, well, do that again and we win, but not win, we're going to drop out. There, there will be enough teams that, that will come up and sort of grab those places. But you know, it's the playoffs, isn't it? You know, you know exactly what what it takes. It takes momentum at the end of the season. You go into those players with momentum. You win the semi-finals, you win the final, you go up. So there's still time for Watford or for anyone to grab that, grab that by the horns, grab that playoff place, go and take it, get that win, get promotion. We keep doing that to, like we did today, we don't get it. But we, it's, we are capable of doing it. So, so it kind of, I wonder whether it does free the target of the season is to finish in the top six. Yeah. That, so that is the that so that does allow bring with it a bit it, of freedom. I, it's two. It's a finish in the top six, and it's be ready by a certain point yeah. to be able to finish there comfortably, and to be ready for a playoff run. So does that bring with it a little bit of freedom? It, it means that we're not you know the the year we went up and it's like crikey if they lose and we don't and we win we could inch ahead and it was nip and tuck all the way through the through the season and just it was almost mind-bogglingly close to, towards the end. Not going to happen this year. No. You've just there's going to be a bunch of people trying to get into that fourth, um, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Hopefully, us included. But it does mean that Tuesday away at, at Burnley isn't going to make or break your season. No. What it does is allows uh, to find that form to play ourselves into that form, perhaps. But we really are running out of road to find that to find that form. I think all season has been disciplined. The games have been fun, entertaining. At championship level, different to the Premier League, but from a championship football point of view, good fun. But Watford have been relentlessly disappointing, really, in terms of what they've put out as complete 90 minutes. You'd say maybe Luton at home, Stoke away, perhaps, but Stoke were absolutely diabolical. Very little in the way of coming away with anything other than, oh, well, <laughs> not, not, nothing yeah. disastrous, really. But never anything that's gone right. This is a team that that's going places, and it's it's hard. It's hard to talk about this team with what we're seeing being in the promotion shake-up. It, it, in reality, in the cold light of day, if you're facing Middlesbrough in the playoff final or West Bromwich Albion in the playoff final, even the team like Norwich who's, who's turning it round, and then you f- flip it around, someone like Millwall who who sneaks in, mm. for example. You're not going to put any money on us against any of those sides, and that, that's absolutely fine. I don't, I'm, I'm fine with it because our level isn't isn't there. But there is a but to that, and that's because the uh, playoffs are a lottery, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do the lottery. I've never won it. <laughs> I think you're right, Mike. But I think there's there's always a thing. You actually look at who makes it into that that top or the the next four. Yeah, it's always third place is often the one that's battling to get second or maybe even first yeah. until really on the end. Number six is scraped in on the last game of the season. If we can be a little bit more solid than that, you think we'll be right. I mean, I'm not looking at the league at the moment. No, I'm waiting for it to be to settle to see if we can settle. If we can settle, then I'll be thinking about oh, where they're there, possibly fifth, whatever it is. I'll think about the minutiae of that, but I'm not yet. 
But I think you're right. And I'm looking forward to Tuesday already, Michael, because it doesn't really matter. Sort of. It, it does. <laughs> it doesn't in terms of it's not like I said. It's not going to make a better season. We can't. What we can't afford to do is lose five nil, yeah. because I do think ruin it. I do think there is a confidence issue still throughout the club. I think there is still open wounds from getting relegated. Um, what, what was it? Three, three, two times in three seasons. It leaves a mark. And week in, week out. Last week, we knew we, we were turning up beaten. And they played like they were turning up beaten. And I don't think the club has necessarily shaken that off. We had a bad start under Rob Edwards. We knew we were playing catch-up. We haven't shaken off the malaise that is around, around the place in terms of our performances. It, it has, that has to change soon. And, and it does feel like it. you look out there, Watford looked more heavyweight when they ended the game today with people like Ken Semmer and Tom Cleverley on the pitch. Ismail Lassar playing well. Pedro... Sort of making an impact, they look more heavyweight. They look more equipped to do damage in this in this in this division, or at least to be more consistent. So now, if we've got everyone fit, there is a chance at the end of the season could still be fun. I mean, what is there left? Fifteen games. Fifteen games left. It really is over over to them. I think we've got to keep players fit. We've got to get the mental side of things right. Slav needs to get across what he wants to see on that pitch. We were critical of Rod, Rob Edwards earlier in the season about what he was getting out of the side and how they were, how we were setting up to beat teams. Well, I've got some questions for, for Slav as well on, in, in that regard. The, you've got a lot of toys at your disposal there and you're, and you're setting them up a little bit. I don't know what the answer is. I'm, I'm no, no tactician. What I'm seeing as a supporter is a, a group of players going out there not really seemingly sure about how they're supposed to be setting up and beating teams. So, uh, huge amounts of questions. The good thing is we've got a really good squad. You look at the substitutes bench today. Re- mm. We've got to be up there with the best in the championship. So, it really is, as it has been so often this season, over to you, Slav. Over to you, Watford's class of 22-23. Uh, from the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. Now, some of you might be leaving this podcast for Tuesday as you travel up to, to Burnley. Uh, so we've got a game for you. But can I, before we go on, can I just say thank you to everyone who's already sent in their views or their stories, they say, on Ollie Phillips. Uh, we are putting a podcast together. We're going to speak to a bunch of people this week to get their memories and, and their stories about Ollie. Because uh, we want to make a really good, classy podcast for a classy man uh, some lovely uh, bits at half time uh, for him and the, uh, the uh, minutes applause for him at uh, 81 minutes uh, really really good to see that and uh, yeah if you have any stories uh, that you want to share with us please uh, do get in touch podcast at from the uh, when you met him what was it like what do you remember about his reading his stuff anything that you want to add uh, please get in touch podcast at from the and of course you can use your f- iphone uh, to use the MMR app to record your stories and send them in to us as well. At the end of the podcast, we'll put uh, an old interview that we did with a sort of Burnley relation to it, an interview that we did with Sean Dyche and Alec Chamberlain way back in the day, uh, second, no, first season that was doing the podcast when they were the assistant manager and goalkeeper coach uh, at Watford. Now, I had a bit of a game for everybody. So this is what you've got to do. Uh, Watford played Burnley in the FA Cup quarterfinals. In 2003, all you two have to, and everyone can do this at home as well, or in the car, wherever you're travelling, I want you to see how many of that squad you can name. You're doing it as a team. You can do it it as as a team. Have a quick think. You can conflab now, you two, and everyone in the car can do it. You get two points per player, and I'll give you one point for every sub as well. How many can you get? Have a chat in your car. Off you go. 
So hopefully uh, you've had some time. Now you've got your list. Hopefully somewhere along you've got a list. You can tick them off and see how well and if you can beat Jason and Mike. I'm assuming, boys, goal scorers are sorted already. Tommy Smith, Stephen Glass. So four points. Lovely. Good. Uh, Now, who was in Chamberlain and goal? Goal, because because. Well, I don't want to know who could be Michael. I want to the answer. I I think because because didn't Paul Jones play in the semi-final? Did. But I think Chamberlain would have played in the uh, in the in the home game. Yeah. So Chamberlain and goal. Another two points. Right. Was Neil Cox playing? around that time wasn't it I think he might well have been so uh, Toshiba kit isn't it that's all yeah, I'm thinking yeah. so Neil Cox correct Held up. So Heider Heider Helgerson correct Gavin Marn yes yes Are you, is that your answer well, Gavin Mann exists, so uh, uh, Gavin Mann, did he play I, in that? Was, well, uh, Marcus Gale would have been playing centre back that day. Uh, Marcus Gale, yeah. Mark, yeah. Marcus Gale. Lock him in. Okay, Marcus Gale, yes. Uh, Pre J. Demerit, isn't it? Daishi? Oh. Did he have played? I reckon he might have done. Marcus Gale. Tough decisions, tough mm. decisions. Mm. Neil Ardley? Correct. So you've got one, two, three, four of the starting lineup to get. Chamberlain, Ardley, Neil Cox, Marcus Gale, Stephen Glass, Heide Helgerson and Tommy Smith you've got so far. Remember, you can give me a point. I'll give you points for any unused or used substitutes in that game. But you've still got three, no, four left. Was he gone by then? Oh no! It might have gone. It might be playing on the opposition that day. I was thinking, thinking Micah Hyde. Would he, have, would he have been playing for Burnley that day? I reckon he might have played for Watford that day. Oh, yeah, oh, did I, he? I, 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 yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Did he, would, he? Was he? Was he there? Or he have gone at the end? Of the that year season? these there, or was he every yeah. everywhere? I'm, I'm trying to. Let's go. Let's get. Oh, we no, we're we going for it. Yeah, let's put a stick Micah him in. Hyde. Micah Hyde. Yes, yes. correct. Well <laughs> so still three left to go for that starting lineup. Was Robbo gone by then? Paul Robinson. Have we got? Uh, so would Ardley have been at left back? Arnie would have been right, right back because Cox would have been playing centre back then, wouldn't yeah. he? I think. So we need it. We think we need a left back. I reckon is it Robbo gone though? 2003 or is that the season he went? He wasn't playing in the semi, was he? I don't think. I think he's gone. Yeah, I think he's. So who have we got a left back then? So who's playing left back? I think um, Nigel Gibbs had retired by then. Yeah. Lloyd. Paul, Paul Mayo had Paul Mayo come and gone by then. Oh, I don't yeah. think he played in that. Cup run, did he? Uh, I can't see Paul Mayer playing in that match. Uh, can, can I? Uh, oh God, I'm trying to think of the other games. That I, I, I went to the Sunderland game. Doily, Doily came on in the Sunderland game, so I'm assuming he would have been at least on the bench, right, for this one. Lloyd, no, 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 no not even in the squad. Oh, right, okay. He came on. He came on. Robbo's left, so he's not in there. We. Are we, are we, are we no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. You're not looking at me, Michael. Saying, "Oh, uh, can I have that as a non-guest?" You have to commit to choices. I'm actually going to, I didn't think I started this. You get three and you're out. Okay, okay so, okay, so one, one, strike one, yeah. Um, so who would have been on the bench? Well, you still, you've still got three. So far, you've got Alec Chamberlain, Neil Ardley, Neil Cox, Marcus Gale. You've got uh, Micah Hyde, Stephen Glass, Heider Helgerson and Tommy Smith. So you've still got some midfield and you've still got that left back. He's an out there one. Stephen Hughes, was he still there that season? Uh, I can't remember if he, if, he, if he went at the end of the... Paul Ocon? 
Oh, blimey. <laughs> is he in that squad? No. Is that... Don't look teach you do it. I'm just saying like... players now. You are, but you need to make choices. Uh, have, we, have, we, have, we, have we ruled out Gavin Mon? Because he would have been... I, I think he would have at least been... Yeah, because he, he, he came in in the Viali season. Yeah. So I think he'd have been there at least on the bench, if not... Gavin Mon. He will start in the game. Yes, Correct. come on. Well done, so, well two done. left for the starting 11. So what do we need? A right-sided midfielder and a left-back? Yes. I'm sure uh, Robinson had gone. Might as well take the risk. Mm-hmm. Take the risk, do you think? And, f- and, and five subs still. So, you so uh, we beat West Brom in the fourth round that season. If Robbo had gone, he'd have been playing for them, wouldn't he? It says very slowly. <laughs> I missed the game against West Brom because I was I was out on it company annual party. I was there was a small area of uh, of West London that was Watford <laughs> cheering on Sky Sports News. I'm, uh, I'm out. Of, I'm out. Of, I'm out. So I'm gonna let's go for Robbo. Go, go on then. Gamble. Go on. Robbo is in the yeah, team. Well done, well, well, well done for persevering with that one. So you only got one of the starting eleven. So right sided right sided midfielder. Who would that have been? Who would have played on the right side of midfield? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're on 20 points so far. 20 points so far. Two points for each of those. Well done so far. One space to go. Thinking the seasons through, would Alan Nielsen still have been there? Yes. Well, he definitely played in that. That's the only way I can do it, is thinking about did I see them in that kit. I did see him in that kit. Alan Nielsen. No, he did not play. No, 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 he wasn't either on the bench. Okay, well I'm out. I'm out. So I, I, I've contributed the two. So any any bench players? You got one one more to see how you get. As I say, you're on twenty points so far. You've got the two players who came on, uh, plus the three unused subs. Was he gone by that stage? Oh, no, he might have been on the bench because he he started the semi final. Michael Chopra. No, unfortunately not. Oh. Uh, the players you missed out were Paolo, Paolo, Paolo Benazza, uh, and the subs were Jamie Hand. Gifton Noel Williams, Sean Dyche, ah. Anthony McNamee, yeah. and Richard Lee. Oh, Richard Lee yeah. are yeah, struggling for the goal. So, boys, you scored 20 points. I think that's a very, oh, that's very, so very, very good. Bad. Very well done. Come if you uh, remember, ten points, uh, two points for every player that you guessed um, for that for that lineup. I'll give it to you again in a second. Uh, and, of course, you also... Uh, get a point for all the subs, either used or unused. Uh, so that team, just for your checking, you haven't looked on your phones. Hope you haven't cheated and looked on your phones. Chamberlain, Ardley, Neil Cox, Marcus Gale, Paul Robinson, Gavin Marne, Paolo, Vanazza, Micah Hyde, Stephen Glass, Heide Helgson, Tommy Smith, and of course subs were Jamie Hand, Gifton Williams, Sean Dyche, Anthony McMee, and Richard Lee. Do not scratch your ears. You're listening to From the Rookery End. So, as mentioned earlier on, here is a uh, rewind interview uh, that we did with Sean Dyche, uh, that's a Burnley link, uh, and Alec Chamberlain uh, back in well, the very first season we did from the Rookery End, uh, our second season under Malky Mackay. They, of course, were assistant manager and goalkeeper coach at that point. It'll be interesting to see how you think of this interview now you know what's happened since, uh, particularly with Sean. So, of course, we all know that Sean Dyche... At you exhaust. Uh, and at the beginning of the interview, we had to make sure we established whose voice was whose. One thing when we do a, a podcast, the important thing is we have to establish whose people's voices are because they can't see our faces. Okay. Right. We always say, hello, my name's John. And I say, hello, Mike. Hi. Hi. And I say, hello, Jason. Hello. And then we all introduced him to guests. So we introduced, hello, Alec. Hello there. And then, hello, 
Sean. Hello. Quite distinctively know which one she's going to be Sean. That's a, a heck of a voice. Is that after years of shouting? Um, football? Uh, slightly, slightly. It's a genetic thing. My dad's just so very much like my dad. Um, you know, charming, handsome. Debonair. Yeah. So it just rolls in with them, really. <laughs> My shout. whispers are shout. Do you put it on your CV, your voice? Of course, extra loud voice. Yeah. It's always a winner. Extra loud hand claps, extra loud everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you pride yourself in your hand clap? Yes. Very good hand clap. <laughs> Annoying loud hand clap after a while when I keep it going for about two minutes. <laughs> Probably has a desired effect, though. Yeah, well, it's good banter for the lads, and I enjoy it. At what point did you know you wanted to be coaches and not go off and run a pub when you stopped playing? I kind of, I, I almost, like a transition for me from playing Kevin Hitchcock leaving, almost I fell into the role really, you know, like, like I fell into football in the first place, so good timing, being in the right place at the right time I suppose, and obviously when I actually finished, stopped, uh, completely stopped playing, it was probably a year of doing the job before I really, really enjoyed it if I'm absolutely honest, because I think it's you probably still f- think like a player for a, for a little while before you actually start thinking properly like a coach. So I'm fully ingrained into it now and I enjoy it. And if, if I'm totally honest, and obviously I'm 40, whatever, I wouldn't want to go back to playing anyway. I, I certainly realise I, I wouldn't be able to do that. And I don't miss playing now. I, I'm really comfortable doing what I'm doing. Well, I had an eye for it probably quite early on, working under a manager called John Duncan, who opened my eyes to the tactical side and made me think more about the tactical side and, you know, took a liking to it. And then by the time I was about 30, I'd already taken my B licence at Millwall and so I was on that journey, if you like. And I think as you get older, when you're a player, as long as the manager trusts you, they they allow you in a bit. So they give you a bit of an insight and, you know, they allow you your opinion a bit a bit more freely. So, you know, I was, I was already getting a feel for it as I was coming towards the end of my career. And then, you know, very fortunately, really, because it's, it's hard to go in at the level I did at Watford, which is with the under-18s, because obviously jobs are few and far between. So a lucky kind of twist of fate through AD and David Dodds at the time, who was academy manager, kind of, you know, brought me back to the club. And so I'm very thankful to AD and, and David Dodds for that. Um, and it's allowed me the chance to build on that and get to where we've got to now. I mean, Sean, would you look at management in the long term then? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's just, uh, you know, I've had a nice progression here, really, coming in with the under-18s. And at the time, Dick Bates here as well, working with David Dodds. So they were great, two great people to learn from. Then working under AD, then Brendan came along and I was kind of then taking the reserves as well as the youth team. And then obviously Melky came in, took the job on a full-time basis, and then he upgraded me to assistant. So I've had a nice little journey through that, really. You know, it's 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 a good position to be in for me at the moment. I like working. The staff are great. The, the players are, you know, there's a real good feeling about them. And me and Melky got on very well, and he's very open and uh, very honest and allows me my opinion. Some, sometimes probably I give too much opinion. but <laughs> So I'm not in a rush to do it, but I think that inevitably down the line I would I would look at being a manager some at some point. Um, but I'm not. I'm not at the moment thinking of running away from what we're doing here. Good man. How does how does it all feed together? Like you say, Malky, you know, you, you, you talk to him. Is there? Do you have like a meeting on a Monday where you talk about things? Is there sort of is there, is there structure to it, or is it a bit more like informal? No, there's a structure. We have a meeting every single morning. We'll get a feel of who's fit first of all from the medical team. Then we'll sit around a table, all, all staff included. That's uh, Joe McBride, the youth team coach, the science people, obviously uh, Chainbo, um, myself, Kurz, Malky, Ian Moody, who's head of sort of football operations. So we'll all sit there. Logistics. Yeah, logistics. Yeah, uh, Will Jones, who does you know our kit and stuff for logistics, he's he's invaluable to make sure that everything's planned. And we like everything. You know, we believe, or Malky certainly has led the idea of 
a no excuse environment. So we try and do every single thing we possibly can for the players within reason. Obviously, I've been enticed to do other things, but I've, I haven't got involved with that. Um, but we try and do everything for them, give them a chance to just go out and play. Um, so the meetings in the morning, the mates making sure that everything's planned, everything's structured, everything's processed, ready for that event, whether it be training, games, whatever's needed. It might be an event in the evening where everyone's got to turn up or whatever. We all know what everyone's doing. And it's a nice open forum. People can say what they believe. Malky's good like that. He's very open to opinion. You know, not scared of opinion. So it's worked very well for us. So Alec, as a goalkeeping coach, then do you have much influence on the other areas of the game? I'm fortunate in this because uh, I think that most clubs, the answer would be no. It started under AD where uh, we were given specific jobs to do while the game was going on. So I would look at uh, the opposition's strengths, which obviously because then you're looking at the defensive part of the team. You know, as the goalkeeper, you can actually see what they're trying to do, and and that's moved on a stage further now. So I'm now on the mic now with with Sean. We kind of chat continually through the game as to you know what what he's seeing and whether I'm seeing it the same way or because sometimes you can see the distances and things like that upstairs a little bit easier than you can from ground level. So just things like that really. And then at half time, we all have a little say. Melky makes notes and obviously he's got his own ideas and he goes, and deliver, he goes then to deliver to the team. So it's quite a unique situation where I'm very fortunate to have kind of some sort of input. And I, I recognise that it's uh, ultimately that down to these guys to make the big decisions but um, it's nice to feel that your opinion actually is counted. Where do you have those half-time meetings? If the players are in, walking, you, don't, you don't have it in the, uh, in the tunnel, do you? No, in the bathroom. In the bathroom. No, no. Away, well, away we'll go in the shower room or, or some kind of, there's always some kind of little you know, area. Um, at home obviously we go in the manager's room which but, is opposite the changing room anyway so it's easier. Yeah, yeah it's quite well, a conflap. <laughs> so in the old days the manager used to come in slam the door get stuck into the players you know one way or the other and now I think the idea is to sort of take that that trying to give it two a process minutes, it? yeah, yeah. also they, they, you go and you give them the, they walk in at that door they're all there together That's right. like they need their four or five minutes yeah, to start yeah. thrashing it out well, also other, calm down well, a little or, bit. or just calm, calm down, yeah, yeah, yeah clear bit. heads, yeah. You know, because it's very hard to think with the emotion of it, and the idea mm. is to take that emotion away or calm that emotion down, give opinion, like like Chama said, Malky will take his key points from our opinions, then he'll deliver it to the team, we'll maybe give little snippets once he's finished to individual players, little pointers of what we think and stuff like that, so it works well, we feel it works well. You know, me and Malky have both done the LMA licence, which is a management licence, which is not on the pitch stuff, that's the management behind the pitch stuff. Then we've done the pro licence and A licences. and We mix that with our knowledge, mix that with opinion, mix that with background from all the staff and kind of process it all through the best way we know how. And we've, I think we've found a way of working that kind of suits us, but I think it's fair to say we're always open for, you know, what's next or ways of making it better. And Sean, you mentioned that you're sort of having your, your outburst, I can't remember the word yet, but feedback to Malky during a game. So if you see something you don't think it's working, you'll say, yeah, boss, I don't think this is, this is working. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, that, you know, we agreed when, when Malky asked me to do the job. I said, look, the, the one thing, I'll definitely do it. I'll, I'd love to come and back you, but I said, you've got to understand, I'll give you honesty all the time. You know, it won't be turned on and off sort of thing. And he was fine with that. And, and so I, I just give him it as I see it, you know, which is not, not always probably the best moment to do that. And I'm learning. But, you know, I, I just think that... In my experience, if, if you surround yourself with people who constantly say yes, you're not going to learn a lot, you're probably not going to change a lot. And I think, you know, one thing I've learned is being flexible and open-minded enough to, to think differently, take opinion and use it wisely. And, 
and you know it's something that I've had to mould slightly but I think Malky's been good with that he, he likes opinion from all of us we all give it to each other and, we're, and sometimes it's very blunt sometimes it's dressed up a bit it depends on the moment you know yeah. but if you're on the sideline and it needs to be quick information you can't flannel it because yeah. it needs it might be a decision that needs making there and then so you're clearly not um, reading from the Phil Neal of uh... no, no. <laughs> but, but it's always to be fair no matter what the opinion Malky always has the final say he's the manager what he says and once that decision is made we back that decision looking at the um, current crop of plays are there any of those guys that they remind you of what you were like at their age? Well, I mean, the, the obvious one for me and Malky, I suppose, Martin Taylor, obviously, you know, I was yeah, more or less the same age. I think I came about 31. He, he's probably similar, he's not similar the way he is as a person, but he simply looks after himself, which I felt I did, you know, fitness-wise and his diet and stuff like that. He's a very good professional, very thorough professional. Um, they're the, probably the same traits as what I felt I had. Um, but as people, we're, we're quite quite different, considerably different um, personalities. I can probably relate to Scott when I was when I was his age playing at Colchester United. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, and he's playing at a far higher level than I was at that the same age. But personality-wise, probably you know I was fairly fairly quiet lad. You know, came from a, a you know not a footballing outpost, shall we say? It was kind of like. A, a bit of a back of the beyond. called the sticks. The sticks, I think. Deliverance. Yes. <laughs> so it did take me a little while to um, find my voice and find my, uh, I suppose, belief in myself, really. Um, and you could argue that that's probably gone through Scott's development, you know. And I think once you play for England and, uh, you know, you've been in the full squad, I think that, that certainly helps with your belief and your, uh, your opinion about yourself. Um, and, and, and I'm sure he's got a great future. And you know, I'm sure he'll go on and have a, have a terrific career. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. Right, Cheers, guys. Yeah, thank Thanks, lads. Much. Thanks so much for your time, fellas. Really no appreciate worries it. at all. Thanks, lads. Enjoyed that. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. Thank you very much, Michael, for your time on this podcast. Not at all. Let's uh, stick with it. Hopefully we can enjoy the next well, 16 games, 15 games, 14 games, 17 games, however many it is. <laughs> I think we've got a few more in our lifetime, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, and thank you, Jason. Right, thank you very much. Uh, so we'll be back uh, with another podcast next weekend. Uh, Colin is, is off up to, uh, to Burnley, uh, and we'll see, uh, some, uh, we'll see what he, uh, he comes up with and what he gets to see. And it's Valentine's Day, so hopefully he can find some love from the Watford team, which we haven't quite found enough this season. Not love, at least. Eli's here, and he doesn't like it if we have to hang around in the cold for too long without him getting on the podcast. So, Eli, give us a big come on, you horns. Come on, you horns!